Yes, hello and welcome along to the Irish F1 show once again in association with PFT Travel. Our good friends are with us for another few episodes. Thanks to MJ for uh, coming on board once more. PFT Travel catering for all your transport requirements from private minibuses to luxury air-conditioned coaches giving you the perfect solution each time. Travel and comfort arriving style of PFT Travel. You can contact MJ on 087-624-8831 or email pfarltransport at yahoo.com. You can also find him on Facebook at pfarltransport limited. Shout out to Rapco as well. These bad boys arrived the other day, courtesy of uh, Barry and uh, and Keith Rabbit. Um, I don't know, Shane involved as well. That's Barry there in a minute. But thanks, anyone, nonetheless, they're, they're grand, actually. If anyone wants one, get in touch with us. We, uh, we might even send uh, a few outies there. But uh, they look great. And uh, a few takers already. Barry and Richie, how are we doing? Well, that's all yeah, good. Did you not get the snapback memo, Richie? No, today was snapback day. <laughs> oh, colors up, Richie. Yeah, what happened, man? Jenny, <laughs> you're too busy with the gearbox, are you? Richie yeah. got his haircut, done like the rest of us. That's why he's not have to wear the cap. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Richie, what's the story with the gearbox? I know you were out in action last weekend and you had a, a great deal of success, but also a great deal of hardship. Yeah, and a great deal of luck along with that. Um, leading the second race, one boat races, thankfully, car was pretty thoughtless through qualifying uh, race one. And fortunately, with a good lead, a nice lead built up locally, I lost four gear. I ended up getting stuck in third gear in Kirkistown. So, Barry, you know what I'd be like to be stuck in third on the two long straights in Kirkistown. So, um, I went from having... Swords road job, sure. <laughs> honestly, just yeah. sitting on the red limiter in third up the back straights. It was okay. I was able to carry the same corner speed, but on the straights was where they reeled me back in. So, I went from having something like 15 or 16 second lead to finishing... Point zero zero one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second car. <clears throat> Squeaky bum time. <laughs> yeah, it was. In fact, it was. Yeah, it was. It's just one of those moments when it happens, and you're like, "Oh no!" Oh, and Richie, no. just to to give the listeners and viewers a bit of an insight, how long does it actually take to change one of them gearboxes? I'm not talking about on race day, but even when you go back to the shed like you did the other day, you're at that for a good bit of the morning, I think, were you? Yeah, I was at it for most of the morning. Like in fairness. I didn't have to take the whole gearbox out. The way the way the single seater works is you just remove the rear gear cluster and then mm-hmm. you can start examining it and, and taking it apart. And so I it just looks like I just stripped fourth gear. Luckily enough, the diff doesn't seem to be damaged. Any the top first, second, third, reverse all seem fine. I just literally for some reason bang and it stripped fourth gear. It's all that power regime. All that power you have in that engine. Turbo. I'll have you know my power test when I eventually did get it done. I'm, not, I'm only 140 horsepower. Oh, well, then there you go. That's all. Buzz, Buzz you were on a track there as well. You were out the other day on a track there, were you? Sorry, I lost you there for a second. Can't give again. I was saying you were a track day the other day. Is that just normal track day? Was there any kind of special thing going on? No, just a regular track day. Um, we've a, a radical, uh, myself and Shane have a radical, my brother, between us. That, um, we just got the engine built on, so we're just giving it a few laps. Um, we've uh, <clears throat> we're out in it now on Friday of this week at the fundraiser event in Mondello. So, if anyone's kicking around on Friday, make yourself uh, make your way up to Mondello. There's a, a charity day for autism Ireland. It's called Fund Racer. Uh, you find it on Facebook, and uh, it's open to all. It's a real family kind of day. You come up and throw a couple of quid in the bucket, all for a good cause, and uh, you can go out and a whole host of race cars and supercars in the passenger seat uh, for a small donation. So 
It's, uh, it's a great day. Yeah, it's a really good day out. Uh, it's done every year. Jay O'Reilly there, uh, a friend of ours, uh, he, he does it every year. And it's, um, yeah, it's a great day. It's a good day out. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, uh, okay. just, just to reiterate what Barry said, that, that's, if anyone is knocking around Friday or at loose end, get yourselves to Mandela. Unfortunately, I can't be there this year. It'll be the first year I missed it. Have a family wedding. I was going to say that, Richie. It was on the list of things to do before we actually got to the end of the episode. But let's let's just give a shout out to the rooster. He's uh, <laughs> yeah, his big day is is Friday. So uh, himself himself and Zoe finally tying the knot. Took him away yeah. to get down that knee first of all, didn't it? Fair enough. I wonder should he be getting, I wonder should he be getting down at all. Three times had to be cancelled. Like is our Lord not trying to tell him a message? In fairness, in fairness, Richie, uh, I played football with him for a long time, and as long as I played football with him, he had a knee brace on, so we don't begrudge him to delay. In fairness, <laughs> <laughs> it's probably it's probably the worst injury he had, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but listen, all joking aside, the very best luck and and enjoy the day, enjoy the day. They're, they're a great hole crack. You can't be a good win, right, lads? We we'll bring it back to the F one. So, um, yeah, it's it's uh, like what we've about three weeks now, three and a half weeks until another race. All of us lap just like that, just goes dead as it typically does um at this time of year but it's uh probably a good enough time to maybe recap not just on last weekend in hungary but in general so far um but before we do that um an interesting 24 hours in terms of a bit of movement on the paddock <laughs> and it looked like um alpine had made a bit of a sign up for themselves um i'm not great at pronunciation guys oscar piastri am i getting that right that's yeah. it yeah so, obviously, there was an announcement post by Alpine yesterday that Piastri was going to be with them for 2023. And not too long after, uh, Oscar took to social media to say, I understand that without my agreement, Alpine F1 have put out a press release late this afternoon that I am driving for them next year. This is wrong, and I have not signed a contract with Alpine for 2023. I will not be driving for Alpine next year. This is on the back of Fernando Alonso confirming that he's going to be with Aston Martin next year, which was also quite interesting. There's an awful lot in this, lads. But Barry, maybe give us your thoughts first. Yeah, silly season, as they say. So, um, yeah, it looks like basically Vettel deciding to, to, to hang up the helmet was the triggered a whole lot. And from what I can tell and reading around various different um, sources and that in, in the paddock, it seems to be that Alonso and Alpine were, were struggling to come to an agreement. Um, Alonso was looking for a, a, at least a two-year deal or maybe more. Um, and Alpine, Alpine were only offering the one year um, because they obviously wanted to get Piastri in and didn't want to commit to, to, to a 42-year-old Alonso, probably. So um, it, that was ongoing, by all accounts. And um, in the middle of it, then, of course, the seat became open at, at Aston Martin. And it looks like Alonso jumped straight in with two feet and did a deal in, in real quick in no time over the weekend. Of the, of the of the Hungarian Grand Prix. Now it's also worth noting that apparently in F1 August first slash July thirty first is a bit of a deadline in an awful lot of the clauses for options and things like that. So that you know August first was Monday, um. So you know that's probably not a coincidence either that all this stuff starts triggering. So yeah, it looks like Al- Al- Alonso jumped. Did uh you know he's been known to do it in the past. He kind of plays the political game. He jumped into a seat in Aston Martin, um. You know, it could be a bit of a sideways move. Is it any better or worse than Alpine? I think if you're a Fernando Alonso, you don't really care whether you finish fifth or you finish sixth or seventh. You know, it doesn't really matter at that stage. He's he's looking for a championship winning car. You know, he's probably come to the realisation that that's very unlikely to happen with Alpine. 
in 2023. It's looking like he won't be there in 2024. That's what they were offering. So I suppose he just took a, a wild stab at Aston and the hope that maybe they could, you know, look in on a good car. Um, but the real thing then was Piastri. Everyone was waiting for Piastri to be confirmed. He's a Renault driver. He's won Formula Renault, Formula 3, Formula 2, one after the other um, in, in, in rookie season. So he's a definite talent. Um, and he was on, he's been on Alpine slash Renault's books for all that time. So everyone was just waiting for him to be confirmed. But he, uh, yeah, as you said, he, he immediately put out a, well, the Alpine press release was quite unusual. It didn't have any quotes. It wasn't very, it was kind of a bit wishy-washy. And mm-hmm. then, um, yeah, then within a couple of seconds, Piastri puts out a quote saying that, uh, no, I'm not, I'm not driving for them. So he must be, he must have signed a deal somewhere else that, more likely triggered on August first that you know if if he if Renault haven't given him a uh, Alpine haven't given him a seat by July thirty first August first he's a free agent so what I'm mm. guessing's happened is he signed a preliminary deal with someone like McLaren um, yeah McLaren's been spoken says, about yeah 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 that says and if I know if by August first I'm not signed to Alpine I I I will sign to to McLaren so as soon as uh, one minute past midnight August first kicked in. I'd say then that, that, that came into effect. So that's my guess on it, reading between the lines. Um, the next interesting bit with that is whose seat is he taking? Well, we know whose seat he's going to take in McLaren. If that's what happens, it's, it's Ricardo. And where's he going to go? And he's been mm. dragged into it, you know, as an innocent party almost. So it's, uh, it's multi-layered for sure. Richie, I don't know if you're a conspiracy theorist, right? But there is a theory out there that, you know, obviously there's a close relationship between Mark Webber and Fernando Alonso. Mark Webber... He's involved, obviously, with Piastri. Uh, Alonso leaves, and then this all kind of happens. And there is a theory out there that that could potentially be a, a two-fingered salute. Um, I don't mean peace out either. What what do, what do you think? That's hard to know. Like, Fernando driving or Fernando joining um, Lance Stroll, Lance Stroll's team, um, Aston Martin. That was the that. To me, it was the biggest surprise of all of this. Like, I mean, you know, if 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 there was anything in in the pipeline for Aston Martin, Vettel would have stayed where he was. He wouldn't have retired. Like, I think the fact there's nothing coming down the line that injected Vettel to say, "Listen, I'm not getting back in the top team. I'm fed up running around at the back here. Um, I'm just, I'd say, Vettel has ambitions of Indy 500s and." 24 hours, Le Mans 24 hours and things like that before he gets too beyond it. But listen, you're always going to get the conspiracy thing with Formula One. Like, I mean, like we've all been speaking about it at home here anymore during the week and who's, who do we think is going to go there? And who, like, Fernando, like, he's burned all his bridges with any of the top teams. So that rules him out of a top team drive. Um, I can't see Alpine, formerly Renault, even consider take Ricardo back. After you know, he, he terminated his contract early. Um, I don't know what McLaren had offered Piastri for him to straight away nail it out. That no, I'm not a Renault driver. Like I mean, every young lad's dream is to be an F1 driver. Like I, I just thought that was strange as well. Why he would just come out straight away? Um, I don't know. McLaren must have offered him something pretty decent, but um. I don't know. It's, it's going to be a strange one. It's be a fair chance of events happen now. God only knows who will end up where. I am um, as like that conspiracy and things. I don't know. I don't know. Just it's yeah. a very silly season. Like anything yeah. can happen from here on in. 
we've we've a couple of things to refer to. Um, I don't know which one to go with first, but do you know what? I'll go with this because it's light, and that's what we're all about here. Alex Sullivan in the past twenty four hours then has gone and released a statement himself. And he said, I understand that with my agreement, Williams Racing have put out a press release this afternoon that I am driving for them next year. This is right. And I have signed a contract with Williams <laughs> for 2023. I will be driving for Williams next year. <laughs> right. You know, it's, good, like, it's good to see them, you know. But I, I, wonder, I wonder, was Williams actually going to put that out today or have they jumped on the hype train to try and make sure they get loads of, uh, loads of retweets and loads of, you know, because they know they put up a... They put up a thing earlier this morning saying announcement at three o'clock and sure the place went mad. Oh, 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 oh. It was a not, like that's really a non-announcement that Albon is staying. Albon is staying, but um, mm. yeah, they're definitely all jumping on it. And as I said on my Twitter feed, I follow obviously a lot of F, a lot of drivers, racing drivers as opposed to F one drivers specifically. And every oh oh, uh, gone. Uh, I put out a similar kind of uh, tweet, basically just saying I'm not driving for for Alpine. So I just like to use that opportunity here just to say that I'm also not driving for Alpine next year. Richie, it's not you either, no. Um... No, definitely not. My own contract is formed until 2024, so I'm <laughs> I'm not driving. I'm not driving for. Williams oh. I tell you what was interesting, guys. Uh, Marcus Ericsson's tweet, um, I'll read out the whole lot of it. After Alonso's middle finger to Alpine switch, this is how the rest of F1 City season will play out. So, Alpine, Ocon Gasly, Alpha Tauri, Schumacher, Sonoda, McLaren, Norris, Piastri, Alpha, Bottas, Guan Yu Zhou, Haas, Magnussen, Ricardo, Williams, Albin, De Vries. He might not be a million miles out. I think... Williams with the freeze is a good shout. Um, I can't see Ricardo going to Haas. I just can't. I think you do. I think you go Richie. Well, there was someone else Richie Tomba, but I think you go and do um, America or something before you go to Haas. I think Ricardo would. Um, so we'll couldn't see Ferrari letting Schumacher leave Haas either. Could you? Unless it was to go to Ferrari then. Well, I can't see why Alpha Tauri, the Red Bull Junior team, with all its junior drivers, will bring in an out of house driver and Schumacher. And Schumacher and Sonoda will be a fairly big repair bill going by previous. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whether that's a good combination. There'll be nothing. You wouldn't yeah. even have a enough budget in the in the leftover mm. for a few sandwiches in the hospitality after they fixed the cards for both of them, probably. So um, probably a status quo thing at Haas, you'd imagine, for I'd a rear. Yeah, I'd say yeah, I'd say it's a good chance. I say Defries in Williams is a good good show. As I say, I think that's probably the most likely, and and and, and Latifi would be gone. Hmm. We'll right, see. Uh, we never paid tribute to Vettel. I think we had just done our show last week, didn't we? When news mm. might have come out. Um. So let's pay our own tribute. Not that Sebastian Vettel would be listening to the Irish F1 show, but if he is, true, we'll we'll pay him. We'll pay him his due, regardless. Now the things that strike me. You know about Vettel. I love the photo. Uh, he's cleaning up rubbish after a race, and he always seems to be. He was out in one of the uh, Arab countries as well with the women going karting with them. Do you remember? Like he's he thinks beyond the actual driving aspect. He seems to have a clear vision. He seems very humble and down to earth. And I've seen all these stories. One in particular, in particular that stood out was this guy staying at a hotel that. Vet Lazo was uh, knocking around that and he let her roar down. And I think he asked him, was he going to race or something? And he left two tickets hanging on 
the door when he knew he wasn't going. Yeah. Just seems like a really good guy behind it all, like doesn't he? It does seem sort of like if you were to pick one of them to go for a, a few points with, it'd probably be Vettel. You'd say, you know, you wouldn't just be like listening to, you know, apex speeds and data traces and stuff. You could actually probably have a conversation with him. He does seem like a fairly rounded individual and comes across quite well. But I, the only thing I'd say is it, there's been a lot of that since since last week when he retired. But it's almost overshadowing his what he is really really good at, which is driving race cars. And yeah, you know, it's it's uh, <clears throat> it, he he. I was listening to a, a podcast this morning, actually, fr- with uh, a guy from BMW Sauber um, uh, that, that's been with the team for years. And he said he was a bit of a slow burner, Vettel was, when he came, because he, he was a BMW driver, which a lot of people forget, before he was a Red Bull mm. um, athlete or driver, whatever you call it. And they said that it, they weren't particularly impressed with him in the first few tests, but he was a real methodical and just kept tipping away and learned the, the tweaks of an F1 car and then they put him out in an FP1 practice and gave a kind of a light fuel load and he went straight to the top of the to times and um, just said it was just his workload, his ability, everything just combined to be a really, you know, good driver. And then, of course, he, he won in the, te- the Toro Rosso from pole, I think it was, in, in Monza in the wet, like. The wet, you know, yeah. he, won, he won it on pace, you know, like they, they, you know, Gasly won in <coughs> Alfa Tauri, which was previously, you know, Toro Rosso, which proved in minority, the same team ultimately in Monza, but it was a little bit, he kind of looked in on it a little bit. Whereas that race that Vettel won, he won it on pure pace. He put the car on pole and he he, he drove away from everyone and held the, held the win the, the day after. In a Toro Rosso, which was only just out of coming out of the hands of minority, a perennial backrunner, um, really, really talented guy. And there's four championships mm-hmm. in a row, you know, a testament to that. So, and, the other thing as well is look at how bad Ferrari are doing at the moment with, with strategy. And he would have been in the middle of all that in 2018, 2019. So I think we kind of look back now, at maybe hold him in a slightly better light than, you know, than we did at the time, considering what, what they're doing to Tour de Leclerc at the moment in terms of strategy. So, you know, probably should have had another couple of championships there if he'd a, if, if he'd a proper pit lane team behind him. Richie, how intense was the rivalry between Vettel and Alonso? And the reason I asked this was because one of the first things Alonso said after the announcement came out was, you know, he's asked for his reaction or whatever, and he was like, well, I think you should get a haircut, which is probably, yeah, like, it's probably tongue-in-cheek, right? But, um, you know, how, how intense was it really? It was intense enough, in fairness. Um, both drivers are similarly minded, like, like for all Vettel's great traits, like Audica, like, Let's not forget, in the car, Vettel was just pure ruthless, like ruthless. The stuff, he, like even in his four championship winning years with Red Bull, you know, stuff he done to Weber, it's like just ruthless. It was winning all cost with him, very similar to what Alonso would be or would have been a lot more back in the day. Um, so I would say the, the rivalry was the way it was because they were both very similar in attitudes. And now I know Vettel. Typical German, like he's just monotonous, and as Barry said, like very, you know, everything would have to be perfect with him now. I'm not quite sure what well Alonso is behind the scenes that way, but um, no, a good rivalry it was. It'd be I'm sorry to see Seb go. He's he's good for the sport, like, and it's an awful pity he ended up where he did, you know. And he definitely, definitely, without a shadow of a doubt, he should have had a fifth world title in 2019 with Ferrari. Only for the like the, the very same as what's happening this year, like the teams fuck ups, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the one thing I would have to say from a humor point of view, Vettel obviously he was very witty, right? But uh, there's a couple of YouTube videos of him 
flirting and some of the stuff it was actually mad in particular he seemed to have a very good relationship with with lee mckenzie and i know it was something in the press conference about uh does he have your number and he's just like well you have my number you don't want to text me <laughs> like and all this kind of stuff and, and he'd be like uh that's lovely red dress looking well today and all this like yeah. just fucking just kind of wanted lads i suppose is that probably a fair way of putting it just a lad <laughs> i think his retirement i think his, his retirement speech summed it up you know he was he's, he's a guy that i don't know if you've seen it but he you know he came in as kind of just i think it was black and white just came in sat in a chair and just you know no no rising tires no nothing just sat down and goes basically i'm retiring and um now i don't know whether i said this before but he said i'm retiring by the end of the 22 season which I don't know, I could be reading too much into, but I just thought that was a little bit of an unusual word for something that was probably scripted. You know, he didn't come off the top of his head by the end. Of the at the end, yeah. Yeah, mm. now, as I said, I don't know, we'll see. Maybe it could be another twist in the silly season. He might just decide I've had enough after Spa or, something, or any point. I don't know. But anyway, that's that's a little side point. But yeah, he, he came out in his retirement thing and he just said, look, I'm Sebastian Vettel. And he, he listed all the things that he is. And it was kind of, you know, my, my favourite colour is blue. I like the smell of brown bread or something. I can't remember what he said it was a load of just really standard ordinary type stuff and and I'm a racing driver which which is kind of sums him up in what you're saying there as well Kev you know he was he, he was a bloke that raced cars as opposed to you know more and more with these guys that are coming up through the ranks they're completely they're completely cocooned away from real life um, and reality in, in, in loads of ways and they just become you know all robot robotic of some some description and it's not their fault you know they're just not exposed to 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 regular life and you know they're 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 surrounded by you know sycophants and yes men and everything else so they just they're obviously going to be a bit different but i think vettel was one of the maybe one of the last kind of few just kind of Mm. bloke who raced cars you know yeah and you even look at when he's born when he's born and and damaged the car and he's he's sitting at the back of the car with the mechanic passing him fucking spanners yeah yeah, would, would you see any other driver on the grid do something like that? Yeah, very rare, very rare. Mm. So he's sad Definitely to see him go, original. but if, if he's, know. uh, you might see. I think you could see him back in the, you know, the odd, the odd Le Mans or IndyCar or something like that. Maybe just for a bit of crack, a bit of fun. Um, he'd be a great, he'd be a great pundit actually, wouldn't he? If he, if they could get him onto the TV and the Sky or something, he'd be class. Be funny, just, wouldn't he? Pure wave, like yeah. He'd be funny, wouldn't he? He would be funny. Yeah, he'd be good, he'd be good. I think you know so. Yeah, that's yeah. that. You know, before, you know, we do kind of forget because his his career was very front loaded. You know, we kind of all them championships, one year after the other, from whatever it was, 10, 11, 12, 13, I think, and um, kind of you know it, it didn't really work out at Ferrari as we said. But we do kind of forget that for four years nobody got a look in with, with him. You know, he was he was the class of the field, and you know, yeah, he had a good car, but so too had his teammates, and he put every one of them away. Um, Weber, of course, as you mentioned earlier, we've been the main one, but um, he was able to drive those newly blown diffuser cars like no one else could, and you know that's that that that's testimony to how how good a driver he really was. Yeah, would he been one of the few lads, Richie? And look, admittedly, we have to admit this, right? When Schumacher was winning the whole time, there was a lot of people that wanted someone else to win too, and that's kind of the case in general. When Hamilton was winning the whole time, we wanted someone to someone else to win. Was that quite the case with Vettel? Like, it's hard for me to, to think back to that particular period of time because I just wasn't as interested as I am now. Like, uh, but do you think, you know, there was a draw for someone else to win or because he was such a, an entertaining character, was he a bit different to the norm? 
Um, maybe he was certainly an inter an entertaining character, but like his four championship wins, I don't. There, there wasn't any of them like that. He, that he 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 blew the like. Don't get me wrong, he blew the opposition away, but like all all his four championships came down to the last race. Like so, yeah. yes, he was dominating the sport. But he wasn't winning to the level or the amount of times we'd say that like Schumacher or Hamilton was. His yeah. his four championships were a lot closer with the rivals at the time, but he done you know, he done eighty percent of the winning. Um, which I think and plus he was such a neat guy out of the car as well. You start yeah, no one wants to see the same guy win all the time, let, let's be honest about it. But mm. it, it wasn't really like that for his four championship seasons. Yeah, he, he like I say he was winning, but they were tight, close championships. Yeah, different sort of stuff altogether. So uh, I want to just bring it back to the, I suppose, the, the here and now as such with regards to driver standings. And after Hungary, Max Verstappen, 2.58. Charles Leclerc, 178. Big gap now, like at this particular point, not insurmountable, but it's still quite a gap. Uh, Perez, 173. Russell, 158. Science, 156. Hamilton, one four six and a long gap back to land on RS on seventy six points. And then in terms of the uh, constructors, then we'll give you a quick rundown on that. Red Bull four three one, Ferrari three three four, Mercedes three oh four, Alpine ninety-nine, McLaren ninety-five. So like Jenny Ritchie, like it's so destroying to look at it as a person who might have a bit of a graph for Ferrari and what they're doing. Can you just sum up very quickly what the attempt was the other day. Was there a logic in it, and how did it go so badly wrong once again? Oh, Jesus, Kev. I mean, if you had a trained monkey given the strategy for the press, he'd do a better job. Like, you know, seriously. Now, listening to an interview with Toto Wolf after the near enough straightway after the rest, and he was like, he was trying to hold the laughter back. Like, he was like, you know, but like, um, the problem really stems from. Friday and Saturday in that Ferrari actually had no medium tyres to put on the car in race day, on race day. They actually didn't have a medium to put on the car. So they were sort of forced to put the hards on. Now, how they let themselves run out of medium tyres between testing and and qualifying, like, good Jesus, I don't know. Like, even would have said it, um, with, with your tyre allotment, like Toto said, listen, he says, on Fridays, he says, there's times I'm pulling my hair out, but there's nothing we can do. We have to keep the tyres. We need the tyres for race there. So it's it's one thing Ferrari topping every time sheet all the way up and into qualifying and qualifying on pole, but then not leaving themselves with a fucking set of tyres to put on the car mid-race. Like, come on. Jesus. Yeah. And, like, how long more is this going to be, I suppose, tolerated? I, I know if the lads were really let say how they felt publicly, you know, like if you think back, if this was a bygone era now, right, and just say, for example, that was a, a Senna, right, he was always outspoken, anyhow, even a Prost, a James Hunt, what they'd be saying, like, this is all a different world altogether, you're not allowed to open your mouth anymore, or you're, or you're gone sort of a thing. But at what point are they going to say, right, lads, we're consistently fucking up, Admitted publicly, which you'll never do, probably, but they could even make an attempt at doing it and uh, hold people accountable because it's not just unique to last weekend, like it's happening for ages now. It's regular, and plus, like, there's also there's one other side to this too that has to be looked at is like 
the driver is in the car. Like, at least Carlos Sainz had the balls to say, no, I'm not pitting. Leave me, leave me as I am. Like, I thought, like, Charles could have said, listen, lads, you know, my pace is not too bad. Let's stay out as long as we can. Stay going as long as we can on the mediums that are on it. They don't feel too bad. Like, Hamilton was able to run himself well into mid-race on the mediums. You know, and um, stick the, the, stick the, the, the sticky tyres on it then for the last whatever. And if let him be after falling back to fourth or fifth, like, like Hamilton's drive through the field. He could have, he could have tried work his strategy. He could have, he would have suffered mid race on bad mediums, but he would have been bought on a brand new set of softs for the later stage of the race. Is what my, what I would have done if I didn't have another set of mediums to go on the car. Plus the fact, three teams put cards on the car, five, six, seven laps previous to Ferrari or more, and they were shite. Like, mm. if that wasn't enough of an indication, they might as well have brought them in and put wets on the fucking change. <laughs> well, do you know what? Let's go live now to uh, uh, the cockpit of Barry Rabbit, who <laughs> who's on the move. <laughs> Barry, I know, you're, I know you're still on the clock there, so uh, thanks no, for... All right, we're stopped. My phone overheated. Would you take that? How did that happen in Ireland? It just it, it shut down and said it's overheated, so... I just I, I I turned around there to get out of the sun to be honest. So we're back now. The topic of topic of conversation could have played a part as well. Um, yeah, you, you, obviously you've been listening to what myself and Richie have been talking about there. Like, what what's the story like? What's with all these monumental f ups like? I I think if you go back, lads, you'll see. I said before about Ferrari. Um, historically, they're they're so terrified of making mistakes, and they're so corporate and political politicized. Um, that they're so terrified of making mistakes, they just continually make mistakes, which is, it, it's it's a thing that's been in Ferrari for, for a long, long, long time. Um, they might have got away with it a little bit when they had such a performance advantage or when they were not competitive at all. It wasn't in the spotlight. But now that they're competitive, but without that extinct, distinct advantage, it's showing up. Um, so I don't think it's new. I just think it's 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 more, more noticeable now. Um, and... The bit that I can't understand is Bernardo has, has come on and said, you know, oh, it's no, no problem, everything's fine, no, there's no issue. Um, blatantly is like, you know I mean, and just saying there isn't 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 going to do any favors. Um, I know he's probably afraid of saying there is a problem because then all of a sudden the fingers start pointing the course at him, probably, you know. But ignoring it isn't going to work either. Um, I think they're just like they they said that they had a plan and they followed the plan. Well. Everything changed though from when they wrote the plan because we've seen Red Bull change their tires on the way to the grid. They had hard tires on, they were going to start the race on hard tires. And the drivers actually drove to the grid on softs to then put on the hards and said, Geez, lads, we can't even get the, the softs warmed up. Forget about putting the hards on, let's change the strategy uh, because the weather was so much cooler. Um, Ferrari made a plan the day before, and then even though everything changed around them, they just followed the plan because again, they just seem to be terrified of doing anything wrong or out of the ordinary. and um, it kicked them. It kicked them in the teeth again. Um, it's just so silly. It's so silly, and they're not idiots. It's not a. It's not a. It's not a, a, a lack of talent or anything. There. It's. It's just people are just. They're, they're just constrained too much by by the Ferrariness of the whole place and the terrified of being in the newspaper for the wrong reason, and then they end up in there for exactly that. Hmm. It's, yeah, an, it's, it's definitely. It's, it's an underlying problem in the team. 
Yeah, it's deep, bro, and I need to sort it out because, like, you know, obviously we've been going through the standings. Mercedes are now hot on their tails and the constructors are only 30 points between them. And just going back to the drivers once more, like, 258 Verstappen, 178 Leclerc. Is Ronnie coming back here, like? Is this is this a done deal? Done deal. I think, I think Verstappen can afford two DNFs and not win a race for the rest of the season and he should still be okay. Yeah, he's 80 points ahead, so... Um... Yeah, that's it's like seventy, like three wins is three wins and three fast laps is seventy eight points. So, um, he, he, that's how far ahead he is. Um, so, like if nothing else changes, if if it if it was to stay at that gap now, the championship would be over with three races to go. And if anything, it's going to be more than that from what we've seen. We've seen nothing to suggest that Ferrari are going to figure it out. Um, so I'd say I don't know what the if I was to put a guess on it, I would say by the the fifth last round, whatever race that is. I think it'll be the good chance the championship will be wrapped up then, which that'll be probably one for the books, considering how, how how it started. Yeah, that's I was just going to say that, Richie, because you remember the first two episodes, like we were talking about Jenny Mack, they were they were looking virtually untouchable, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, I don't know what's that to change, and like something similar to what Barry said, it's like to get to a point and the freeze, it's like oh. Sugar, what do we do here? Like, like, what do we do now? We're leading a championship, we're leading constructors, we're like, what do we do? Hmm. Tense up and freeze, like, or, or this famous plan they speak about that, that piece of paper that they wrote the plan with the crayon on was left out in a shower of water, and, and it just now no one has a clue what to do. That they well, have too many plans because how many times have we heard them on the radio going, All right, Charles, it's plan E. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that many plans. I like that's by the fifth lap or something, you know. When you're like, it's just, I think they're too rigid. I think like the, the Red Bull, Red Bull is the, probably the class leader in terms of strategy. And I yeah. know there's a there's a girl there, Hannah, something other who leads like Hannah Schmidt, I think is her name. She's the the chief strategist at, at Red Bull, and she gets a lot of plaudits, and she deserves every one of them because she's she's. No, you know, I don't think that you know she's probably yeah she's very good at her job. But I'm sure there's people in Ferrari, you know, similarly talented, but they're not allowed to do their job for fear of getting it wrong. I mean, if you if you're in a position where, you know, you, you you're more likely to get fired for trying something and it not working than just doing what you were told to do, even if you know that's wrong, or it's not going to work. It, it that sort of atmosphere and that sort of I don't know what would you call it ethos ethos in a in a class in a in a, a business which is what ferrari is at the end of the day isn't going to work nobody's going to put their their neck out and go look i think this might work they're just mm. going to tow the party line and you know mm. basically cover their ass that's ultimately what's happening and that's what bonato mm. was doing and he's like no it's fine it's fine no problems no problems and like blatantly is you know you were first and effectively first and second in that race with pace in your pocket and you finished what was it fourth and sixth or something i don't even remember like, but it was you know that that's a problem. You know, no matter what you're just saying, it isn't. It doesn't change that. And you, Barry, what, what I was saying just while you were gone was like, the driver has to take a small bit of responsibility here too. He's sitting in the car, like, like, in yeah. fairness to Carlos, on Sunday, he rejected his his call to box, box, box. He said, "No, I'm staying out. I'm not yeah. pit." Because I'd say he knew all he had was a set of hearts to go on. To. Like, should Charles have not? Or should Charles have said, listen, lads, leave me where I am. I'm going to go into this race as deep as I can on these tyres and let, let's let change it around. Or Like, literally, Stone March are saying, no, I'm not pit. 
no. Yeah, I think, I think he definitely, I think it was, you know, kind of, are you sure? But from Charles, but it would, it needed to be more than that. Um, it needed to be more about, no, I'm not doing it. And that's the end of it, you know, because it doesn't make any sense. Um, but well, it goes back to what you were saying about it, about throwing the line. That exactly what you were saying about throwing the line. He's in the same position, and he's probably, you know, as I said, it's it's a it's a company wide, a team wide problem. Like in my view, it's only my view. Obviously, I don't have any special in, insight to it, but it, I know from reading books and magazine articles over the years, it's not a new thing in Ferrari. Mm. Um, so um, Charles will be just as susceptible to that kind of mm. fear, if you want to call it that, of of of, of exposure. Um, and that's probably why he just said, "Well, I'll just go along with it," which is probably hard for him to do because he wants to win a championship. But you know, we all seen the finger wagon he got from Bernardo two races ago too. So mm-hmm. you know, what was it they said? This is the worst day of my life, and he goes, "No, no, no, it's the worst day of your life so, so far." far. <laughs> <laughs> Simpson's line. So <laughs> it was pretty true. I, I, I know uh, we want to wrap this up fairly quickly, lads, but I'm going to summarize quickly I suppose that Leclerc the other day the overtake we're talking about a moment of the year and that's what we'll do now we'll talk about your moment of the year so far and what you see panning out plain and simple for the rest of the season which is an easy enough answer uh, I'm going to go with obviously Max to win it and, and, and Red Bull Constructors my moment of the year so far I, I think I think yesterday and today just off the track I think that's just yeah. been gold to be honest but I'll come across to you Richie first I think so. It has been a few months. It's been a decent season of fairness. Um, I think obviously Max to win it, Red Bull to win constructors. Um, moment of the season. A bit Charles, fair enough. Charles, Charles and Max Charles actually was in Bahrain. Remember that little jewel they had? I know they've had a few this year. I think it was in Bahrain. It was epic. Look at. Mm-hmm. I think on a couple of occasions they passed each other out. Mm-hmm. That's something that I should have put out there as a as a possibility. Well, anyway, it's your moment, Richie. Yeah. Probably, probably the tussling. Whenever we've had the luck or the chance to see Leclerc go up against Verstappen, because Leclerc, when his car is good and when they are level pegging, Leclerc, he seems to give as good as he gets. You know, he, he's not allowing Max to push him over. So I'd say the duels between the two guys when they're evenly matched that that'd be one of my highlights of the season so far. Okay, Barry, I'm gonna leave it at this. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, to, I think it's it's for Stappens to lose at this stage, um, and I can't see that happening. The only point is now, where at what stage does he win it? Red Bull similarly. Um, moment of the season for me will be the closing laps of Silverstone, with the uh, you know the uh, the last few laps there where they all they were all climbing all over each other. It was Hamilton was in the mix a whole lot of them. Um, mm-hmm. Formula Ford race there for two or three two or three laps at the end. That'll probably be my moment of the year on track and. Yeah, at the moment, off track is pretty interesting too. So, I'd say um, drive to Survivor, rubbing their hands together at the minute. Yeah, big time, lads. Big time. Well, listen, it's been great fun so far. I've enjoyed doing this with, with you two guys. And um, we're obviously going to take a bit of a break ourselves now. We'll be back a week before Spa. So, uh, my thanks to the two of you, lads. Hope you've enjoyed it half as much as I have yeah. anyway. Yeah. Yeah, great crack, great crack. Really enjoyed it. Thanks a million, lads. We'll leave it at that. There we go. Richie and yeah. Barry. Thanks a million. Uh, another shout out to PFT Travel uh, for coming on board for the next couple of episodes. Uh, P. Farrell Transport Limited on Facebook. You can contact MJ as well if you want to make a booking with them. Uh, 087-624-8831 or email pfarreltransport at yahoo.com. And a shout out to Rapco as well. Well, as we said, give us these 
lovely stickers. Uh, there is a few of those floating around. If anyone wants them, give us a shout. And uh, yeah, that's that's where we leave it on, on this edition. If you have a moment of the year so far, or if you have a prediction, don't forget you can get in touch with us. Uh, IrishF1show at gmail.com. And obviously we're on social media platforms. Uh, you get us on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram at IrishF1show. That's where we leave it. We'll chat to you in a few weeks' time. Until then, take care. Mm-hmm.